0: Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. I'm soon to be joined by my good personal longtime friend, Christopher Butt. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble, a big pay-per-view event that just recently happened. We have a big injury that happened in the event itself. We have potentially a few that may have to be delayed for a while. We've got some great news for Bailey all of that and so much more let me go ahead and bring him in right now he is my brother from the north his name is christopher but what's going on man
1: Ah, uh, this is it mike uh, another night another evening hanging out with you and, and jim and nick and we're going to talk some wrestling and i'll probably say something inappropriate at some point and it's <laughs> going to be a good time
0: how are you i am good life is good um it's uh it's clicking along here it seems like this year's going really fast is it just me or is that the kind of the, the consensus here does um, it seem like things are going quickly ever since the new year hit?
1: Oh, incredibly. I mean, it's, it's come on, our first month is gone. Yeah. You no. Know, the upside of that is I'm six weeks to vacation. So that that's, makes me happy.
0: That's right. The countdown begins.
1: Right. But no, the time is flying by a little too fast. As you get older, time goes by quicker, Mike.
0: Hey Amen, it does. Amen, it does. No, um, What exactly would you say, you know, I mean, obviously, outside of the big pink yeah. elephant in the room, what outside also piqued your interest in wrestling this week?
1: Cody winning.
0: Yeah, it's a big one right there
1: uh i didn't see it coming honestly love cody you know i love cody he won last year and mm-hmm. nothing really came of it and just with the, you know the just just the way the industry has changed a little bit since then we're not talking to vince stuff not yet that's not where i'm going with this just you know cody seemed to almost get lost in the shuffle a little bit you know la night uh phil brooks CM punk whatever Gunther's red hot it, it almost yeah. to me it seemed like Cody was getting lost in the shuffle. And for him to put him over and have him win the, the Rumble again, that's a big deal. They obviously see something. That, how many times has somebody won the Rumble back-to-back? I, believe I know Sean it has Michaels has happened, but not many Sh- times.
0: No, Shawn Michaels has done it. Steve Austin's done it. Hulk Hogan has done it. I want to say now, Cody Rhodes. I can be fact checked on that, but uh, I do believe that those are the guys who've, who've won back to backs before. If there is somebody else, um, I'd like to know, but I don't think there there is. That's a big deal winning back to back Royal Rumble. So let me throw it to you and ask you this first question. You had mentioned before, you know, with, with CM Punk and um, with LA Knight and all of these other individuals being involved in the in the championship mix it almost seemed like in 2023 cody did kind of lose a little ground and now it seems like the wwe is basically saying we are really fully still behind you Th- that's the 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 version or the sense that i get is that they he still has their vote of confidence it, it, would you say that's pretty accurate oh
1: it has to be why else would you have him win the rumble you don't oh, have I agree. somebody win the rumble oh okay nope nope got ahead of myself Generally speaking, you don't have somebody win the Rumble and have it amount to nothing. Right. There's got to be something. This seems to be a bit of a a longer term story than I anticipated with Cody. Now, did Cody fall victim to... It's just LA Knight got red hot. You know what I mean? Gunther's red hot. Walter... Whatever the hell you want to call him, you know, CM Punk coming back, he kinda, you know, which just everything got going. And it maybe did. It, there's only there's only so much you can do. There is, you're right. Right. And, and when you have somebody like LA Knight, we've talked about this on theme time. With LA Knight, he was red hot organically. Mm-hmm. This had nothing to do with WWE. He got himself over. Gunther is over. CM Punk, they brought him in. No, he CM Punk. In 40 years time, if he's still alive, and I hope he is, if he made a, a cameo appearance on whatever it would be, Raw, Dynamite, Impact, whatever, fans would go ballistic. I don't know what it is. He, he'd be a great cult. 100%. He would, people love him, right? So, you know, when, when somebody like him comes back to an organization, people lose their mind.
0: Yeah. No, I agree.
1: Look, like, I bet you his merch sales are right off the charts since he came back.
0: Yeah, he's done very well um, with the merchandise sales. It's funny because I believe there was a week that one person had beat him out in merchandise sales, and that was R Truth um, when he joined the Judgment Day. I love R Truth. R Truth is just a, a comedic genius. Um, he ran out to the Royal Rumble, got on the apron, and was looking for the hot tag. And uh-huh. uh, they're telling him, just, just get in here. And um, it, it was just fantastic. Because so R Truth is is somebody who cross-generationally is always going to be a fan favorite. And he, Ron The Truth Killings, is a great person, and I, I don't think you're going to find somebody in the industry that says anything negative about him. So He's one of the real, the real good guys, but, but you're right. I mean, Punk has sold a lot of merchandise, and you know he's made the company a good chunk of change. Now, we don't know what he's making from a salary perspective. We, we don't know what that is, and, but I'm sure they're not overpaying him. I think his desire to come back to WWE probably had to fall under certain restrictions, if you will, certain conformities. And you've mentioned on the show before that it probably has a lot to do with the fact that there's probably a behavior clause in there as well. There's probably uh, a lot of different things in there because he's not a spring chicken anymore. And we're going to get to him not being a spring chicken uh, coming up here in just a couple of minutes. But the rumble itself, did you get a chance to catch the pay-per-view?
1: I watched it all and I fell asleep five minutes into the main event. I'm old, Mike, and it was late.
0: No, it's 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 one of those things where when you're busy and you got life and work and whatnot, you got a lot going on. Um, let me just kind of give a quick recap here to everybody who uh, maybe not have caught the rumble yet. You can catch it on Peacock as well. So if you have the Peacock app, Feel free to go ahead and rewatch that. Uh, we started off the pay per view with the Women's Royal Rumble. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, I didn't think it lived up to what I was hoping for. And there were some people that, there was no real big surprises. Um, I mean, obviously, a Jordan Grace who showed up from Impact. And in the press conference after the pay-per-view, you know, Triple H did talk about a relationship with TNA, which, hey, good for TNA, you know, good for them. Uh, Do I feel like Trinity had a big say in that? Yes. Do I think Trinity had a big say in Jordan Grace being in the Rumble? Yes. Uh, It seems like Trinity is the type of person who says, you know what, here's my hand, let me pull you up with us. And I think that's fantastic. So good for TNA. Um, good for Jordan Grace, and good for the crossover, which is definitely going to help out that brand. With that being said, you would have thought Naomi might have ended up winning the Rumble. That was the first thing. I thought Becky Lynch might win the Rumble. Um, I thought because they brought her back, Nia Jax would have won the Royal Rumble. And there was a couple different times when I thought, where are we going with this? But Bailey ends up winning. The women's World Rumble, and she's going to be going on to WrestleMania, and main eventing it. So good for her. Um, let me get. Let me ask you this: Bailey's been there for a long time. She's put her time in. What makes Bailey still relevant in twenty twenty four in WWE when you have so many other stars? I feel like sometimes Bailey gets. I want to say left out of the conversation of some of the best wrestlers in the entire women's division in wrestling. Do you feel like that this is definitely overdue as far as giving her her just due about winning the Rumble?
1: 100%. Bailey has fallen into the Nettie Neidhart category. Amen. Amazing wrestler. Yes. You know, works with everybody, does a great job with everybody, very entertaining. Good in the ring. She's a, she's right, what you want, you know. Just never got that big push. Uh, don't get me wrong. Bailey's had pushes. Uh, I'm not saying she's been forgotten, not, not at all. But she's not. they never strapped. Uh, how do you put it? Strapped a rocket to her back. They've never done that. Bailey's fantastic. Yeah, she's good. Uh, we we need to stop sleeping on that. Bailey is amazing. Look what she's done for damage control. Let's not kid ourselves. Bailey carries that faction. She does. The others are good. I'm not saying they're not, but that's Bailey's faction. She's their Ric Flair.
0: She is. She's the one who has the right? stability. And she's gotten really good on the microphone over the years as well. And, and you've got to have a lot of love for that, the growth that Bailey has had.
1: She's she just, has grown. You can put all. her in with anybody, it's going to be a good match. If you can't yeah, have a no good match with Bailey, you're bad. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. You're, you're just bad. Yeah. Because she'll make you look better than you really are. She's a, she, once again, she's like Natty. She's an unsung hero. Doesn't get the respect she deserves. You no, know, but is it, just, it's fantastic. She's a modern day Molly Holly. Oh, well, and I feel funny. like
0: Molly Holly is somebody who, who gets lost in the shuffle, too, when we talk about just really right. good workers.
1: Look, Miss, the last time you heard anybody bring up Molly Holly? In the winners? Oh,
0: years. Years. Never.
1: She was arguably the best wrestler they had. Wrestler. no, not personality or anything else, but just wrestler. She had great matches with everybody. Right? Lost in the shuffle. Same deal. Bailey's just getting what she's earned. I'm with it simple. That's what it is. And hey, I'm in. I'm all in on that. Love it. Love to see it.
0: So Bailey wins the women's uh, Royal Rumble event. The men's Royal Rumble event um, was a nail biter. It uh, ended up coming down to CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. Uh, And it looked, it could have gone either way at any point in time, but Cody Rhodes ends up winning. Uh, For the second year in a row, the Royal Rumble, as we mentioned at the top of the show, congratulations to him. This one was a little bit better, um, but there were still some things that came out of this match that, uh, unfortunately, are not positive news for WWE. CM Punk has torn a tricep again. Uh, Looks like he will be out nine months. And he was out nine months uh, when he was with AEW when he tore a tricep. So he's out again. So we're going to see what happens here. The Rumble match itself, again, didn't have any surprises. It didn't have any shockers or anything like that. Now, it did surprise me that they didn't try to throw somebody in there. Um, now, for me, the stars of the of the Royal Rumble match was definitely Braun Breaker. I think he did fantastic. I think the heel turn with Drew McIntyre was really good. They continue to talk about the story with Cody finishing it. And I, I will say this. I'll give WWE credit where it's due. They are better at storytelling uh, really than anybody. They will tell good stories. The wrestling itself may be average, if you will. But the storytelling is is really good. And I love the fact that they had Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns um, up in the luxury boxes watching the Royal Rumble match to find out, you know, who was going to win, and they kept cutting back and forth to see, you know, what their responses were, which I thought was an excellent creative way to again build suspense, build tension, find out, you know, how are they responding depending on who's doing well in the ring at that time. So I thought that was really really good. Uh, Sami Zayn had a really good showing as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting where they've gone with Sami Zayn ever since the whole bloodline thing ended. Um, I posted on Twitter what I thought was going to be some WrestleMania matchups. Did you any, see any matches um that are going to come out of the Royal Rumble that'll be heading into WrestleMania? Because normally we start to see feuds heat up. Um and they're usually the seeds are planted at the Rumble. Did you see anything that you thought, okay, I think this is going to be this is going to be
1: happening. Well, I think the the easy one, the, the cop out is going to be Cody and Seth. I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Easy to pick that out. I mean, you see that 100-mile away. Um, well, that's the only one, one that came to my mind.
0: Well, let, let me pause you on that one because I think this is important to to talk about here. When we talk about Cody and Seth, do you still feel like it's finishing the story if he wins the if World Heavyweight Seth? Championship? Or no. I'm sorry, Cody. If Cody wins. No. No, I don't think so either.
1: I think it will be. He's going to feud with Seth. He's going to go over Seth. Yeah. And then he's going to feud with Roman. He's going to go over Roman. And he's going to. That's how he finishes the story. That's interesting. That's now really I see interesting. Cody with both belts.
0: It could be that way, and and I think a big reason why a lot of people are saying he's going to eventually end up going with Seth Rollins um, in a main event, probably night one, mm-hmm. is because there is all this anticipation of The Rock coming back, and The Rock challenging Roman Reigns, and because they are family, um, it would make a lot of sense. You know, Roman Reigns has been the head of the table for the last three years. The Rock basically is wanting to come back to WWE. Obviously not full-time, but he definitely wants to come back. He's now on the board of directors for TKO. He's been pushing from what I've heard for this match. It would bring in a great deal of money. It would be what's best for business if, if we have to use that cliche. But yeah, it would still delay Cody getting the WWE championship. And I think... Even if he beats Seth, I think we're in agreement. The story is not complete.
1: No, the story is beating Roman or beating whoever's holding that championship. Correct. I think we can agree The Rock is not going to be the champion.
0: I would probably agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think it's going to draw a lot of eyeballs. It's going to sell a lot of pay-per-views um, because I don't believe that you can get tickets. I mean, I think night one and two are sold out. If not pretty darn close.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, no. Uh, Shivani says put butts in seats.
0: Yeah. hundred
1: percent. I will put butts in seats. You put the rock on anything and it blows up. Yeah. It's simple. And he actually can use the rock name now. This is As true. He, to just he owns it. So, yep. Good, good for, for him. him but um, it's just i think they'd be foolish to have the rock go over roman right because where do you go with that what's your, what's your feud
0: there you go what's your end game here he's right. not gonna stick How much around long term
1: no he's not gonna be on every every monday night or every friday night or every anything he's gonna be on once in a while which is perfect because he'll get a huge pop every time he comes out ratings will spike But you don't want to have them out too much because then people are just not as excited. You'll still be excited, but you'll have less of a chance of getting a casual fan. Sure. Versus if it's a sprinkle here or a sprinkle there, your casual fan will get drawn in more. Well, okay. Let's pause
0: right here then for a second. So an angle they could do and it could work is have the Rock beat Roman Reigns, right? And then, I mean, we haven't seen Roman Reigns all the time. So The Rock, theoretically, could be the WWE champion and come in and go out and make sporadic appearances and whatnot. And he could now claim to be the new head of the table. Would it be more impactful if, leading up to next year's WrestleMania, if Cody ended up beating The Rock for the championship?
1: No. No, I I don't think it would. Uh, the Rock is obviously a, a, a better name than Roman is, but it's not as relevant right now as Roman is.
0: Well, but you're still beating The Rock as opposed to a Roman Reigns, which I mean, if you really want to go ahead and solidify somebody as finishing a story and beating somebody who is an icon and a legend, that may be something you want to do. I mean, think about it. Roman Reigns has only defended the championship, not many times in the three years that he's had it. So again, you could give The Rock that same schedule. He could show up every so often, and then basically Cody could continue that pursuit. And then you never know. The point is, I think it would be really interesting to see what happens. Um, but if you put Roman over The Rock, I mean, it would make the buildup for whoever challenges Roman the next time because the guy just ended up beating The Rock. He could go on this big bragging spree. And putting everyone down, and then it could build up to you know Cody knocking him off his throne. So it'll be really interesting to see how they they take the next year and, and build that up. I do want to jump into this. I did notice that when you watch the Royal Rumble, you can start to see seeds being planted for WrestleMania. So these are some things that I saw. And I want you to say yay or nay if you think this could be a potential match at WrestleMania. You ready? Uh, Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, and this is based upon their interactions and how people got eliminated and, and facial expressions and all that. Um, I also could see a Sami Zayn versus Drew.
1: I would sooner that, personally, but no, it would be Drew and Gunther.
0: Um, I could see a Dirty Dom versus Braun Breaker.
1: In NXT or WWE? WrestleMania. Mm. Uh.
0: If you're if you brought Braun Breaker up for the Royal Rumble, his home now is on the main roster. If you put him over Dirty Dom, that's going to be a big signature for him. That's going to be a big big victory for him on the grandest stage, which is Mania. And if you're looking to build Braun Breaker. Man, the guy's been in NXT for a, quite a while. Why not go ahead and give him this signature win at a big event right here? Basically, to say, "Hey, he's here," and the fans get behind him. I mean, I, I personally think it would be a great place to to really let him shine.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna um, make somebody shine, get some attention. Of course, Main is the place. I don't. Braun Breaker was just brought in to fill in for rock
0: well but brian break
1: keep in mind he did an
0: amazing job i mean regardless how i agree getting the spot he did amazing and you know he was fed people and he eliminated a ton of people as well i'm just saying the way i feel the way i would like to say the way the crowd responded we're going to get to that before we get into our next segment because the crowd in my opinion was not into the royal rumble this year um We'll talk about that. Let me go to another match really quick here Street Profits versus AOP with Paul Ellerling. I feel like that definitely could be a match at WrestleMania if they build it up correctly. What's your thoughts on that one? I'd love it. Love AOP. Love they're Paul huge. Ellerling. They're huge. Right. Like, I forgot how big these guys are. Well, they're those are
1: monstrous big boys. They've both got, they're both over 300 pounds.
0: Absolutely. And, and with Paul do. Ellerling there, man, that's going to be. Uh, He's a good mouthpiece. He really is.
1: One well, AOP is a legit MMA guy.
0: Oh, I that I did not know.
1: okay. But yeah. So nice. I'm okay with that.
0: What about this one? Um, a lot of people were unsure what they were going to do with carry and cross. Now they end up taking carrying cross. They end up putting him with AOP and Paul Ellerling. Um, what about And this was based upon the way things were happening in the ring? Uh, A carrying cross versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. I think that also could be a really, really good match as well. Carrying cross, obviously the heel, Bobby Lashley, still very much a babyface. Do you feel like that would be a good match or too much of similar styles?
1: No, I'd watch that. Uh, Similar styles for sure. But I think that would be the draw to it because neither one, they're both mat guys. Right. You're not going to see either one of them throw off a 540, sure. or the best you're going to get is a double axe handle off the second rope.
2: Yeah, Maybe but that's smash not, mouth Wrestling.
1: Exactly, and I don't have an issue with it. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but they're very much matte ground-and-pound Smash Mouth Wrestling. I'll watch that. Yeah. Karrion Cross has never got the rub he should have got a
0: amen bit. to that Carrion cross is a great wrestler and he never i agree with you 100 on that and i don't know again if it's a situation where there's just too many cooks in the kitchen and i think the interesting thing is when you look at the people that triple h brought back after they were cut right mm-hmm. after whatever last year's wrestlemania was they really never materialized they didn't and i think what he's trying to say is okay you know Let's go ahead and let's give this one more good shot to see what we can do. And the best way to go ahead and try to get somebody over slowly is put them with a very prominent faction. Yeah, That's what they did with Wheeler-Huda when it came to the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, they put people in the Jericho Appreciation Society, which was also the inner circle. Remember, Sammy Guevara was in there, and Sammy was just kind of, and he even said in interviews, the the job guy for the group but now he's a much more polished and refined star. So when you think about this, putting someone in a really prominent faction definitely gives them the rub, but it gives them more TV exposure, which means if if the if the faction is getting over and hot, that means most likely they're not going to have you lose because obviously they're going to keep the you know, the angle going. So I think it's good for him. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Next one, Carlito versus Escobar. I looked at that one and I was like, man, I don't think Carlito has been a part of a WrestleMania. I want to say since WrestleMania 22 in Chicago, um, I think this would be a really, really good match. Again, it really kind of depends on what, how the fans respond to this and if management wants to go this way. I'm glad Carlito's back. That's the first thing I'll say. A, he looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, he is much more refined in his technical skills. I really, really like this version of Carlito. What do you think about him on, in Escobar at at the Showcase of the Immortals? Uh,
1: I'm 60 on it. I'm, I'm not a big Carlito guy. Okay. Uh, I never was.
0: So you're never into him and Chris Masters?
1: No. Okay. The master lock and the spit in the apple. No, didn't do it for me. Very talented, just not, just not my thing. Understandable. So uh, that's that's the beauty of it. Not every uh, fan is in every wrestler. That's why there's so many different styles and and why not. So.
0: Let me go to one that I thought was interesting, and I'm wondering again if they're going to build this up. If they're not. I thought it was interesting. What about Jimmy versus Jay at
1: WrestleMania? That'd be fun. I think it'd be, it would be-, it'd be a damn good match.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you can make a, a great rivalry. Oh, I uh, agree. That's a pretty simple rivalry to make. Sure. Really, as writing goes, that doesn't take a lot.
0: No, it's a, to, I mean, it's- to
1: fire that up, it's already built. Right. It's family feuding. That's half your battle. You don't need a yep. story to it. It's already there. The two family members that don't get along. Organic. There yeah. there you go. Now you just throw them in the ring and let them beat the stuffing out of each other.
0: Let them let them put their own um, match together let them let so, them make
1: magic. And that'd be a good match. I think it would be a great Jimmy match. Jimmy and Jake really can do. both go. Yeah. If they can really go. Right? If you do that though. Yeah. Do you not basically kill off the bloodline story altogether? Like, would that not be the official end to the bloodline?
0: I think in some ways it would be, but I think at the at the end of the day, you know, you got to come up with something different. And I really thought that the Judgment Day was going to be the next version of the bloodline, like they were going to continue that. I just don't get the feeling that Judgment Day is going to be much for much longer. And the reason why I say that is, is a couple of reasons. First of all, you got Damian Priest, who has the ability to cash in his briefcase. Oh. I think once he does that, they're going to take him out of a faction and they're going to have him on a singles run. I really, I really believe that. Finn Balor's contract with WWE comes up within the next few months. There he has not re-signed a contract. Um, I don't necessarily know if he's going to be in their long-term plans, especially with the group of kids they're going to be moving up from NXT. That's number two. Number three, I mean, all you would have is Dirty Dom and Rhea Ripley. And I think ultimately what they're going to end up doing with Rhea Ripley is doing a face turn and becoming a huge baby face. She'd be a huge baby face, and I think it would be really, really exciting to see what she could do because she's such a great heel. So that's my thoughts um, as far as that's concerned. And then you also have to consider Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black are both wanting to come back to WWE. I don't know if they have an out clause in their AEW contract, but as soon as their contract is up, uh, Meltzer uh, was talking about how they're, they're as good as gone. So do you think that they would put a Buddy Matthews and a Rhea Ripley together, which only makes sense. They did it with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Would that make sense? I think it would. And I think that might be something they may want to do. And I think, let's say you did that. You could have the reincarnation of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in a lot of ways. And, And that's what I've always seen with those two. Then again, Triple H is way better on the microphone. (laughs) then um, we've seen Buddy Matthews um, or Buddy Murphy, who he would return to being. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I did want to mention really quickly here, a couple of names of people who I want to give some shout outs to, who I thought they did a great job. First of all, Jordan Grace. She did an amazing job. She came over um, from TNA. She's the the women's champion. They put TNA over really well. Um, They talked about her being a champion, which was great. They talked about Naomi being a TNA champion. Uh, her it was interesting because I don't know if they would would let her do this, but did you pick up on the fact that Ivy Nile and Jordan Grace were just these two bulldogs? I mean, they're chiseled out of granite, and either you could put them together or you could have them go against each other. With Jordan Grace being such a veteran and such a professional, I mean, obviously she could have a great dance with with Ivy and then obviously going over. Do you see the relationship between TNA and WWE continuing um, after this? Triple H said that, that we're not done with this, this yet. Um, I think some really good stories could be told. What's your take? I hope they do
1: continue it. Uh, everybody wins in that, Mike. They do. If you get numerous federations... You no, know, coming together, people win. Fans win.
0: Fans do win. They do.
1: Um Ivory Niles rough, man. She's <laughs> she's green.
0: She is, but she if is. you put her with a Jordan Grace and you know, you have them work house shows together, I think that she could definitely have a big impact on her. Uh I mean, no pun intended. Yeah, um
1: she, she's 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 look visually appealing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, she looks like she could beat the crap out of you. Oh, she's, she needs some refining. Don't get but, me wrong. She's she's a professional wrestler, and I'm not. But I'm just from watching them like, oh, she needs a little more seasoning. Th-
0: think about it from this perspective. A lot of times what they end up doing with people from NXT is they put them with a vet, and they've tr- entrusted Natty Nyhard with a lot of people in the ring. And, and Natty has had to give some receipts to some of these but she's a perfect example of exactly why and the type of caliber veteran you put in the ring with some of these new kids coming up. I think Jordan Grace could, could be in that same category as well. Last thing I'll mention. Um, I thought Caden Carter looked really good. Um, I was really surprised they didn't do more with Kyrie Sane. Um, I don't think that Oscar really had a great showing. I love Indy Hartwell. Uh, again, mark her name down. I think she's going to do really, really well. Maxine Dupree, Uh, She's very young, very fresh, but boy, she has a look and she has an enthusiasm that I think is going to be great. Um, Who else do I think did really well? Let's see. I wasn't that impressed with Nia Jax, Shotzi. Uh, The Becky Lynch portion wasn't great. Love Zoe Starks. Uh, Roxanne Perez looked great. I want to mention something really... uh, Tiffany Stratton impressed me as well, but when we talk about Jade Cargill really quickly, Jade Cargill... Tony Khan made Jade Cargill a star in AEW. She came from the Rhodes, um, Cody Rhodes, the Nightmare Factory, so she's a Cody Rhodes person. And here's what I'll say about that. AEW strapped a rocket to her and really put her over, especially because she's so new. Now, there's reports coming out right now that she has a really tough time remembering spots and matches. Um, You know, when they go over matches, she's not super fluent with what happened or what I should do. How much do you attribute that to man, you either get it or you don't, or, man, we got to give her some time. She's still new.
1: Both. Uh You definitely got to give her time. Because you got them when she was in AEW, how long were her matches? Two, they were squash three, four matches. Four minutes. They were, were pretty much squash matches. A handful point. of moves, and it was over. Right. So that'll only take so far. Right. No. I mean, you would need to have a pretty good memory, Mike. If you're going to do a... A fifteen-minute match. You need a pretty solid memory, yeah. And a lot of a lot of that, sorry, is uh, learning. Yeah, is Lily in-ring experience, learning. She looked pretty good in the Rumble. She really
0: did. What she did with Nia Jax was impressive. But I I think the truth is going to be: is she all flash in the pan, or is she going to be somebody who, at the end of the day, They can look at and build around her. All right, we're going to come back to these conversations. Let's go ahead and let's bring them in. Nick Papage, a longtime referee, he's seen anything and everything. His favorite Canadian is Christopher Butt, and he Ah, is—you
1: damn right—it is
0: not a fan of light tubes. Um, I evidently, from what I understand, whenever he drives past a hardware store, he breaks out in cold sweats. We then go to. The legend, which is Jim Molyneux, he's seen everything, been everywhere, been kicked in the face, have ladders thrown on him. But you know what? He's still such a nice guy. Let's go ahead and bring them both in. It is time for Front Row Referee. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
3: Awesome. Awesome.
0: So, so many things going on in wrestling. Just had the Royal Rumble, which was really interesting. Um, I read a report, and I don't know if you guys end up getting to see any of this, but There's a lot of quiet moments in that Royal Rumble. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but uh, the audience didn't always seem to be digging all those moments. Let me ask you both this kind of introductory question. What do you do when you're inside the ring and you know you got a good matchup, but no one's getting into it? Do you guys say anything like, hey, uh, try something new, pull your pants down, yell, do something? Is there any... Maybe mini coaching you do to some of the guys in there to maybe try to get the hey you need to bring up the intensity bring up the speed you know do something or do you guys just say hey man it's awkward silence it's a weird family get together I'm just going to do my thing let's go to gym first on that one
3: yeah usually I, I would just probably say listen keep keep to what you're trying to do keep telling your story do your match they'll they'll come along uh, it's happened a couple of times with no, no, nothing that's you know, damaging that afterwards, the the wrestlers are jumping off a cliff because they had a bad match in front of Yeah,
0: people. Nick, what's your thoughts on man? This should be going over way better than it is.
2: It, it depends on who I'm in the ring with. Sometimes, it, you know, if I'm in the, in the ring with a bunch of you know, um, you know, uh, people who are green stuff like that, i basically just trying to tell them to, you know, you know, try to calm down on what the crowd you know react to you or anything like that. And basically, it's something to work the crowd over, yeah. you know you know work as far as you know character wise and stuff like that you know, don't basically come around
0: In this kind of go for either one of you guys. What would you say is the scariest thing for uh first year wrestlers you know I mean obviously you guys have been around long enough you can you can read the body language. is there anything that you say when you know, you know they're going to be coming out for their first match, and you're going to ref them. Do you give them any chit chat in the back? Do you Say anything? Do you come up and pat them on the back, or do you say nothing and just you know kind of let them kind of feel it out on their own? Good,
3: That's- good, Nick. You you work with more newbies than, than I do Great. really
2: <laughs> yeah yeah. Now nowadays yeah um, uh, basically like, it, it, as long as they don't you know if they get scared or miss a spot or something like that I usually just tell them you know hey, grab a hold face the camera you, you know stuff like that I'm like that's the perfect thing to do I'm like if you have like that deer and headlights look I'm like you can watch stuff on bots me and you, you've seen stuff like that before you, you know I'm like best thing to do I'm like forget a spot grab a hold yeah. Slow it down. That's the best thing to do.
0: No, I I agree with that. It's uh it's interesting. I think would you both agree? You know, outside of being you know technically sound, if if you're new in the industry, composure would be the thing that you would want them to have more than anything. As far as even surpassing abilities in the ring, just to keep it together
3: yeah com- composure, um, confidence in yourself, confidence in you know who, who you're wrestling that that you guys can work together and 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 tell a story and, and get through a match without you know having it turn into a complete disaster.
0: So this kind of kind of goes into what what Jim was saying you know wh- what about if you do notice you know you've been a referee for a long time, people trust you. They request you to be their their referee for their match, and all of a sudden, two young people start panicking. Um, is there anything that happens within the ring? I mean, I'm not trying to break any code of, we don't talk about that kind of thing. But is there is there anything that you have done in the past, uh, Nick? Since you do work with a lot of the more the younger ones that you you do or you say or anything other than that?
2: Ah, it's. I was like more, more so backtracking myself here. It's like, as long as, you know, a lot of it, I'm like, if I'll actually, you know, call the match back to them and see what they got going, you know, if it's a bunch of, like, high spots, high spots, high spots. I'm like, I tell them, it's like, hey, calm, you know, slow it down. You know, that's what it is nowadays. That's what indie wrestling is. You know, you get a lot of these, you know, uh, greenhorns coming out of the schools and stuff like that. They just think everything is just all high spot, high spot, high spot. And it's not. I'm like, you gotta tell a story in the ring. You know, it's kind of almost like another lost art, you know, with wrestling is, You know, especially at least on the indies. And, you know, that goes, I'm like, it's, you know, indie, indie companies don't tell stories. I'm like, it's just all, it's basically they want to be like PWG and just have the matches for the hell of it. You know, that's it.
0: Jim, let me ask you this. Where do you think, I mean, obviously looking at ECW, and, and we're always referencing ECW, but ECW. I, again, we keep coming back to this. It's it's interesting to look at ECW in hindsight now, and you can see they had their high spots, but they also told a lot of stories. I mean, that's one thing that you knew what was going into it. What was the story? Paul set it up really well. Uh, Joey really emphasized what the story was. But what year would you guys say? You know, obviously after. ECW had ended, you know, we still had a little bit of WCW left. When did all this high spot stuff and the jumping around stuff, and I know a lot of people had said, well, you know, the Young Bucks were the ones who really kind of brought it to the forefront. But if you remember, you know, the Lucha Libre style is very much like that. But, I mean, that's a consistent style. What do you think really got all of this high spot stuff going? Uh, is there any moment, time, time? Uh, that really started i know nick was talking about pwg but anything that you recognize where you're like man this is changing
3: you know it it may have been and i'd have to go back and look at it so this i might be completely wrong in this but if you go back and look at um when wcw did the pay-per-view with AAA uh when worlds collide that was the first introduction real real mainstream introduction of Lucha Libre into the U.S., I I think, unless you're, you know, the complete U.S., unless you live in California and you get Lucha-style uh, wrestling on, on your local cable access at the time. Um, but I, I think, you know, some of the matches that, that they saw, people saw, got, or I should say maybe even young wannabe students, wannabe wrestlers, saw and go, wow, that would be cool to do, and started doing it in their backyard. Uh, which led to the release of all the the backyard wrestling videos, um, you know. And when someone when those got out, oh, I'm going to try that. I've never seen that before. Uh, I think a lot of that had that had a lot to do with it.
0: Butster, um, you and I obviously NWA, WCW as well. Do you remember three count? In uh, WCW, I believe it was Evan Courageous, uh, Shane Helms, and maybe Jamie Noble. I want to say. Do you remember yes. Three Count?
1: I do. Wasn't Hank Abbott with them at one point too?
0: I think he might have been. That, <laughs> that hairy, hairy man. Um, he's like the illegitimate child of uh, George Steele. But I feel like Three Count was way better than what people gave him credit for. Um, yeah, they did the boy band singing and all that kind of stuff, but did you think that as far as WCW was concerned in the, in the late nineties, early 2000, they really were the ones that brought it front and center as far as an American crowd was going before they were bought out by WCW or WWE
1: really Evan courageous. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Were you Don't drinking you... back in the nineties, Mike?
0: Do not be crapping on three count, my friend.
1: Yeah, that was about four counts too much. <laughs> Shane Helms was good. Jamie Noble, great ring wrestler. Evan Courageous, not so much.
0: Okay, what about Mark, What about Mark Jindrak? That's um, a name that doesn't come up very often. Mark Jindrak was a guy who could definitely go mat wrestling. He was a big brooding guy, but he could also go off the top rope as well. I, I liked what he did as well. He also did a lot of high flying stuff as well. What was your?
1: I liked him. Uh, how come he never got over? You think? Because is he not in? He's in Mexico now doing like soap operas and stuff.
0: He may be. He's I a good looking man, and I mean that completely from a plump platonic perspective. However, platonic. Platonic word of the day. Okay, that's right. I'm a wordsmith. Um, I feel like that really started, and then, and this goes for everybody, man. Did anybody ever get to catch Lucha Underground? I was a big fan of. I guess it was on the. I'm going to say this wrong. The Del Rey Network, maybe
2: not. I got Uh, oh El Rey. Yeah, I remember the El Rey Channel. Yes. Yeah.
1: Never heard of it. Yeah. Jim,
0: are you uh, familiar with Lucha Underground in the the temple that they wrestled? A in? Little,
3: yeah, a little bit of it was it on MTV for a little bit.
2: That was uh, Wrestling Society X, I think. I think yeah, I, mean, I think it I know. Different. Yeah, I know
3: they were. I know I, I saw Lucha Underground a little bit on something, but I can't remember what. Yeah. Um, I watched it. They on were Netflix. trying to tell. They were they were doing more than telling the the in ring stories. They were they were, you know, kind of it was like turning into one of those mexican soap operas yeah uh they were trying trying to do that and trying to you know center that around wrestling
1: it was entertaining though like i I enjoyed it i don't know why why it ended honestly
0: a lot of guys in AEW actually end up getting uh had worked in um lucha underground as well that's where i was first introduced to ray phoenix pentagon jr um Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to remember the other gentleman. Um, Ricochet was in it, wasn't he? Which one?
1: Ricochet was in it. He was like the Panther kid or something or another.
0: It might have been. And I know Montanza, which was Jeff Cobb, which I thought he was really good. Jeff Cobb is a really underrated guy as well. Would you guys guys agree with that, just the way he can move for a big guy? He's he's, He's, he's ridiculously strong. strong.
3: I I don't even know where he is right now. Is he in Japan?
0: I think he's in New Japan right now, okay. and it it just blows my mind that WWE did not sign him and and, and bring him in. I, it's like he can do a little bit of everything, and well, I mean, I think he's a lot like Johnny Mundo. I I think he's uh, Johnny Nitro, Johnny TV, whatever you want to call him. He's done a ton of different styles, and I think he's been very successful as well. But as far as the whole like spot fest type of thing. I think for me, and I might be, you know, this might be late in the ball game, but I think that the Bucks did have an, a big impact on that. Nick, would you agree? I mean, the Meltzer driver, all these other kind of moves, they started to work in the dirt sheet riders, the super kicks, all the different kinds of stuff they would do. Um, the Esca Duela Marte's match with um, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. It just seemed like a lot of high-flying stuff.
2: Uh, it, you you can even you can even even like predecessors to what the young bucks were. I mean, I, I guess they brought it to the forefront back in you know back in like the two thousand tens and stuff like that. Early day Ring of Honor is, is another one to look at. That's a good you know one. look around two thousand three two thousand four. You know with everything I'm like like just a roster that you guys had. You know, on there, you know, Samoa Joe, Danielson, you know, AJ Styles, you know, you know, all you know, you know, low key, Christopher Daniels, you know, the list goes on and on, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's that, you know, it's kind of another lost thing. I'm like, it's more of a DVD trading thing than anything else. You got to look up all that stuff. You know, when they were, you know, more so when they left Philly. You know, because they were more of a Philly based company. You know, at the time, and then once they went national. You know, with everything in the world worldwide, you know, kind of envy in itself.
0: Why do you think that, and this goes for anybody, why do you think that it's become so bastardized now? When, when Oh, it's just going to be a spot match. Oh, it's just going to be this or that. Like, why does that somehow get such a bad connotation? And obviously, you guys have been in the business. I'm not. I just, I don't necessarily have a problem. Now, do I want the whole match to be that way? Absolutely not. However, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. If you are the fan, put yourself in a fan's perspective, not in the business. Would you have a problem watching a match that is like that as opposed to, let's say, an FTR match, which is a throwback to a, a Tully and Arn, more of a, a ground game type of a match? Or would you say it just depends on the fan themselves? Jim, um, as a wrestling fan, would you watch a lot of matches that have a lot of spots in them, or would you say eh, it gets old?
3: No, it, it's it's not that it's old. I wouldn't. First of all, I wouldn't watch it. I'm not a fan of that style because it's not believable. You you mentioned FTR; they are believable. They can do that style match. They can do you know Unicronadas and all that kind of stuff. But if it gets done to them, they sell it so it's believable. You know, you you do the you know, five hundred triple Lindys in a match, and and no one, and, and you you get up and and you know, start running the ropes. No, you know, you just had your head knocked into the ring. You know, you should be able to stay down and at least try to make it look like it hurt. Uh, otherwise, it's you know,
0: it meant nothing.
3: Sir, it's a ballet. Yeah, there's no there's no meaning to what just happened to him for the last five minutes.
0: What's your thoughts on this, Nick? Do you also agree yeah. that it's really good, but only if the other person actually makes it look good by selling?
2: Jim basically stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's literally how it is. My guy, like, you know, there's back, you know, there was actually, you know, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. There was a run sheet I had in CCW back in the day. There was actually a match listed on there. It was like the listed as the objective on the on for the specific match. It was, uh, in like stars and stuff like that, like capitalized. No psychology needed. That's literally wh- and it, you know, I'm I'm not gonna name who was in the match or anything no, no, like no. that, but I'm like, it was just, and that's literally what the match was. It was just, it was just like a bunch of head drops, you know, lariats, this and that, you know, a couple, you know, a couple of dives here and there, you know, and then eventually to the finish, but there was no selling in the whatsoever. It, it, you know, because that's, they were catering to the Philadelphia crowd at that time. You know, this is like 2010, 2011. That's all, that's all people wanted to see. And look at they still do now, you know, you know, everything. I'm like, you know, you watch, you know, watch anything on TV or on, on your local indie or something like that. It's all you see. You know, it's insane. I'm like, you know, deathmatch wrestling is also getting to the point of it too. You know, I don't have to bring them involved or anything like that, but, it's the same thing too, on top of that. You know, you see a lot of the no selling and stuff like that, but it's kinda hard to no sell a uh, light suit going over your head. <laughs> yeah, but I it does.
0: I think that's why AEW gets such a big knock, because they do all these things and they're supposed to be devastating, but they're not. You know, like yeah. Jim said, they they bounce right back up and they're they're going back into their Certus Olay. And if selling is not made a priority, then the match isn't believable, which comes back to the point. Is it believable if people are invested in it emotionally and believe what is happening You know, is legitimate? Um, then they're going to be more willing to shill out the money to buy for tickets. But if they feel like it's it's not, then it becomes an issue. And I wonder if schools nowadays emphasize selling as much as maybe – in years past, um, do you find that the guys you work with—obviously, not naming names—they sell enough in those matches that you guys end up refing, or do you feel like, uh that you could have laid on the mat a little bit longer on that one?
3: Yeah, a little, a little of both, really. Uh, it, it, I think, it all depends on on the school. I, I think people are teaching that. Um, God, I hope they are because that's, that's half the business. Um, no, knowing, knowing the move is, is one thing, but knowing how to react to the move is, is the second half of it. Um, so yeah, I hope they're still teaching that, but I've, I've done some quality indies lately and, and, you know, I think they're, they're selling properly, selling enough, selling the right way. Um, making fans believe them. I, the, the last show I did for ISPW, you know, they had kids were jumping up and down. And they're the ones you want to get to believe um, because that's that's the next generation of fan coming in. You want them to believe now. Um, everybody's Everybody else has already been tainted.
1: Yeah. But it's not just the big moves that you want people to necessarily believe in. Because you gotta think in real life, if you clench your fist and you punch a guy in the nose, sure. Yeah. You, but no, it's true. It, yeah. You know, it hurts. It's 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 no fun. So you gotta sell even your your smaller stuff like that too, to to get people to believe in it. Because if I cold cock you as hard as I can, you just look at me, or there's no reaction to it. Like, well, how believable is that punch? Because that's just not. Real life,
0: unless they're drunk or on drugs, which they feel no pain at that point. Yeah, I, I mean, have been a bar. bouncer
1: for twenty years.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> unless they're completely inebriated, then then there's a lot of no selling going on uh, until that, the more That doesn't happen
2: on the indie level, at least. Yeah, no drug. No, 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 never
3: that's happening. <laughs> if you're Haku, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. uh, well, that's a different. That's a different animal altogether. Oh, you just you I would your
0: nose, off. My nose was bit off. Yeah. Let me uh, let me ask you. I'm gonna throw this question out to all three of you. We'll start off with Butster. Who, in your opinion, during your time as a wrestling fan, sold the best?
1: Probably be Shawn Michaels, I think, or Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Uh, for for me, that that's my generation. There, uh, they sold ridiculous, maybe oversold. I mean, how many times you get dropped and you just stand on your head and spin around and fall, like Shawn did, but. Those were the two that instantly popped into my head right there. They they sold. They sold something over the top. Even Flair, too. Maybe a little dramatic, but he sold, at least.
0: You, you took my thunder. I was going to say Flair and Terry Funk. I Ooh, think sold really, really well. Flair, uh, literally, as a fan, I wondered if he was okay.
1: Oh, God! Oh, God!
0: Ah! Like, I, th- I was like... Yeah. Hold on, is he legitimately messed up? But that was all his shtick. He made it look like he was in a car accident. And, God, he made people look good. He really made people look good. And with with Terry Funk, the way you thought that Terry was just broken in half, um, oh, my God, you thought the guy was going to be dead. Jim, let's start off with you. Who, in your opinion, in your fandom and professional career, do you feel like sold really well?
3: Um, when I was running schools or and go do training day or I'm I'm sorry do tape day, um, I would always either bring in or rummage through whatever we had, uh, Ricky Steamboat, yeah, or, or, or Ricky Morton. Oh, good call. Um, and on the the heel side, I would um, usually. Bring up Bobby, Eaton. Bobby, and um, oh, yes. Steve Austin before before he was Stone Cold. Uh, I, I would say you know, look at Steve Austin when he was in the, the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, yeah, with with Pillman, uh, really really good. Uh, you know, believable heel then.
0: I like it, Nick. Uh, guys, who obviously either you've been in the ring with and you've watched, or people in your fanhood. Man, who really made you invest in? Oh my God, are they really hurt?
2: Uh, Sean, Sean was one. You know, obviously grow, grow, growing up in the '90s and stuff like that. But you know, keeping it to the '90s stick. I'm like Bret Hart. You know, was another one. He he, you know, when he would take the, uh, you know, take the corner bump. You know, chest first. Yes. You know, took it. It's probably he's probably the master of that bump itself. You know, I know you see you see people trying to duplicate that bump. I'm like, it's never to the avail of what Bret does it. On there with it, without even break, you know, without even breaking his uh, uh, sternum or anything like that. It's insane.
1: Yeah, no, good call on that one. Brett looked like he hit the corner sternum first at hundred miles an hour. Yeah,
2: exactly. He it was like a was crash. A
1: full force, bam! Like, how did that not hurt? Right? It, it definitely did, but I, like, how did he not get hurt? I guess. We yeah. know. So
0: let, let's kind of go flip side here. So we've literally gone from the people who think we've, we've done a great job in selling and, and really getting the crowd invested. Who do you feel, not that they're a bad wrestler, but some of their sells were mm, almost cartoonish in a way. I'm going to start it off, and I'm going to say a guy who's a fantastic wrestler, he's a Hall of Famer. But there were times, and I think we all know this, when Mr. Perfect would sell a bump that you literally thought his equilibrium was off. He had vertigo and somehow his hips were not even connected to the rest of his body. Um, <laughs> the twisting, the headbutt type of deal. He'd take a move. His legs would be up on the top rope. He'd take a clothesline and go over the top and flip flop and fly. Uh, who, who would you feel like at times would oversell Jim? Just, Ooh, that was a bit much.
3: Um. <laughs> Not, not in his previous uh, incarnation, um, but I would have to say, Akeem, <laughs> the African Dream, kind of oh, oversold. Not, the One Man <laughs> Gang did not. The One Man Gang did not. He was very believable, but Akeem, the African Dream, was. That's yeah. You know, I mean that, and that was you. You could probably pick a lot of people from from that cartoon, quote unquote WWE cartoon era. Um, that that kind of oversold, and I'm sure they were told to.
0: Yeah, Nick, who uh, who was a little over the top, in your opinion?
2: Uh, it, this is not even going to be one. It's just going to be one person, but it's going to be just like one moment. I think it's like 2005. It was actually uh, Hogan and Michaels, the, the infamous Summerslam match. <laughs> More comical than anything else. And people just didn't realize what actually happened, you know, all the stuff that, you know, he, he, you know, all the backstage drama that went into that match itself. But oh yeah, that was definitely uh, definitely it. Yeah.
0: Not uh, <laughs> not it wasn't good. I I, I had uh, there were some personal feelings that were yeah. being expressed backstage with that. Oh yeah. Um So many things we're talking about, uh, selling and who's great sellers and and who maybe could work on their selling and what it looks like on the indie scene. Let's go ahead and let's kind of jump into some other things here as well. Since we, we have you guys, um, I think the first one I want to ask you is what are some of the best, we'll start off with this one, the best venues you guys have ever worked at where you're like, man, it's clean. It's nice. They got good bathrooms. This is the 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 Hilton of arenas that I'm I'm getting a chance to work in or VW halls, whatever it may be. And then we're gonna flip the script and we're gonna say places that you honestly will be like, there is absolutely no chance that I'm ever going to work in that venue again. Let's start off with Jim. Jim. We're gonna feel there with
2: this one. <laughs> this is <laughs> gonna <laughs> be
0: good. <laughs> what is the best, the nicest, the, the creme de la creme where Jim walks in with his bags and says, It's going to be a
3: good night here? I don't know if UCW ever did one like that.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Hair Arena was great.
3: Yeah, the oh, Hair uh, Arena was God nice.
2: bless the Hair Arena. <laughs> um,
3: I don't I don't think there was one great place that we anticipated going to going, Oh my oh great, we're going back there again. Oh, okay, it <laughs> couldn't be that
1: bad, Jim. For the love of God.
3: Wait, there, okay, there was a place that, that, now we used to do Jim Thorpe. Yes. And and we did it was a um, club slash bar uh, on the top of a mountain. And we great crowds, great fans, reacted, you know, everything but the dressing room was the outdoor or it was enclosed i should say but it was the balcony that went around the outside of the building and there were holes in the floor and if you could look down the hole of the in the floor and look down the gorge you know 800 feet <laughs> to the bottom of the mountain <laughs> That's and, a and you, you know you would have to say excuse me as you passed out by someone that was trying to get dressed it, you know <laughs> it, it was, it was oh, oh. <laughs> like i said the crowds were great we loved to go in there but the change in there was a mess I, I think you know i looked more at like the locker rooms than anything i mean you know back in the day the ecw arena the last time i was there and i, and I haven't been there since 2004 or five whatever and um the last time I was there the the men's toilets were just holes in the floor. There was come no on. toilet. There was no toilet. I'm no out time out, room. Jim. And we <laughs> and we're just again. This, this, what, this was, Jim, 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 Jim. What, what are we, we thinking? In
1: Pissing a hole in the floor. This,
3: this was not in the locker room. This was for the this was the toilet for the fans to
0: use. Time out, Jim. No, <laughs> way, Jim. Jim, Jim we're on. gonna have to get okay. Where yeah. is
2: this? this I, I can oh, attest to yeah. what he's talking about. Well, I, I've also been there a lot. You know, I, the last time I was there was, I think, the last time I worked for uh, MLW, which was uh, April last year. Um, on there, people don't realize this one thing. I'm like, if you've seen it on any of your social medias, the you know, you they see like the the infamous uh, ECW mural. That everybody signs and stuff like that on there. People don't realize that like that's outside the men's room. You you don't realize that one bed until you're actually in the building. On there, that it's literally outside. Like you got to go through a little, you know, go down a little hallway, make a left, and the mural is right there where the bathroom sinks are. People don't realize that part.
3: Now the locker room bathroom there was a toilet there however there's two of them, them now
2: actually yeah there's actually two of them now they actually got a they got full showers in there like the bathroom the the the, the locker room is actually upstairs it's actually up above the okay. uh, um the flight, the flight of steps you gotta go up and then there's actually two different locker rooms uh where they do um at least well mlw does like pre-tapes and then the female and then the uh, female locker room you know they got their own separate locker room um, for them and stuff like that. So, so if, but is the really,
1: bathroom is, above the shower so they can serve water?
2: The the bathroom is actually in the locker room on the there bathroom. too. They yeah they got two showers for at least the uh for uh for the men in their locker room. The women got their own um shower too on top of that. But downstairs where the where the men are, I'm like they, you know, they have their own it's their own giant bathroom and stuff like that. But yeah, that's where the infamous E C W mural is. You know, on there that you can sign after you, you know, take a test.
3: Well, if you if you look back at the the ECW <laughs> setup when, when we were there and they had that that upper stage. That oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you with know, head yeah. off of. Well, yeah. If you if you'd crawl through the hole in the wall, that would take <laughs> you into the locker room. Yeah. And and there was a bathroom up there on that level, and like I said, it didn't flush, but people would use it anyway.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that that the water was actually clear around like one one o'clock. It, it was about you know dark brown by the time you got you know you be at eleven <laughs> or a bunch of other different colors too. So
3: thank you. Oh, <laughs> de- depe- yeah. Depending on what you partook of.
2: Yeah, there might be some. There might be some blood in there too. You know, who the hell knows? Some blood. You know, I don't know from you know I guess coming through your forehead or. Yeah, you know, I guess if you we're have
0: a uh, it, we're gonna leave yeah, it. Yeah, we'll leave it, leave it there. It's
2: just, what are we rated tonight? You know, you know, we can go further. <laughs> wow.
1: We <So laughs> will never be PG. this like TV fourteen
2: tonight. I need, to go,
1: I need to go see the Serena I think one day I'm gonna take three or four days off, I'm gonna do a road trip down through, and I'm gonna check out all these car wrecks of places. <laughs>
3: Uh, like I said, I, like I said, there. Is that a town? A mountain town. Since, since two thousand and five or four, or whatever the it was the, the show was the last um three PW show. That, that oh,
2: Jesus Christ. So.
3: Not that I wouldn't go, I just haven't been invited.
2: I don't feel bad. They don't return my emails.
3: <laughs> yeah, they don't. Where's the blocked
0: sign? I forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. It never right. ends, folks. It never ends.
1: The only thing is, now, Freeland, you have three of us, as opposed to just me saying stuff that shouldn't be said. Now you got these two. It's fantastic.
0: I thought it was hard keeping Mikey Whipwreck in line, not saying things, but nope, no, not the case. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mikey yeah, we- Whipwreck...
3: He's you should be what part. Monkey probably has to say about the, the facilities at the arena.
0: Oh, <laughs> I want to get him back on here again. Oh I definitely gosh. do. Um, I do want to kind of ask you guys the question as far as, and let's continue with the conversation, meaning the best arena, the worst arenas. let's go to catering here. You know, we often hear as restaurants right hey. that, that catering – <laughs> We talked about payments being a handshake and a hot dog and, and maybe something from the concessions yeah but let's go into promotions that actually have catering. So for people who are not super familiar with the term, uh, Jim, take me through what, do, what do they mean by when wrestling fans here? Uh, well, we were backstage at catering. What exactly is catering? How does that work? Et cetera, et cetera.
3: Well, WWE catering nowadays is, you know, it, it special menus for everyone there there's a, a vegan table there's a vegetarian table there's a carnivore table uh-huh. uh you know everything's different you know with ecw it was um who's going down to tony luke's and you know here get me a cheesesteak and bring it back right <laughs> or, or actually i think there there used to be i don't i don't think it's still there there used to be a uh, a white castle and they would one uh, after the show. They would go, you know, somebody would run to a White Castle. But they are called sliders for a reason, so I stayed away from them.
0: Amen <coughs> to that, my friend. Amen. They those are also in the same category as a Crystal Burger. Am I correct
3: in that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. What's a Crystal Burger? What's that? A crystal a different, match. Brand, d- different brand. Oh. Jesus. Oh. Oh. You, you, you that Yes, that probably is what it meant. <laughs>
0: Nick, Nick, let me ask you yeah. your experiences with with catering, with really any of the promotions. I mean, if we want to throw CZW in or, or wherever, um, your experience. i pretzels, like
1: a plain rice.
2: You'd be lucky if you got if you got anything out of that. No, I don't like to skip the whole Indies because I get going to the WWE uh, catering. You know, I, I haven't been around them for about four years. The uh, last time I was down there was actually in uh, DC, um, the, the uh, Capital One Arena for Monday Night Raw. Um, basically, I wouldn't do anything with catering unless, until I knew we were green-lighted and they weren't using any of us for like extra work. And then that's where I would actually sit down and eat then afterwards. Oh, it was, there was literally anything. It's depends on what town you're in. I'm like, they kind of attest to what the menu is. Philly would be like a big... You know, there would be uh, you know, big thing of cheesesteaks, you know, but they would be like homemade cheesesteaks, not the bullshit you'd get from like Pat's or Geno's or, you know, you know, that garbage. You know, stuff like that. But, you know, D.C. had a lot of good I'm southern food. East. Oh, exactly. I've
1: never had a cheesesteak <laughs> sandwich.
2: Yeah. We're okay. not missing much.
1: Let, you, on, you, had,
2: you had diarrhea? You've had a cheesesteak oh, sandwich, Oh, son. my God. There you go. Oh, my God. Fantastic.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I, how did I know at some point in time, when when Jim started off with, you know why they call them sliders, I literally said to myself, I'm going to give this two minutes before poop is referenced, and there we go. <laughs> I've it's never made.
1: had White Castle either. So.
0: You're not missing anything. Um, you if, you ever, if you ever had some type of rotovirus or a norovirus in your stomach, uh, that's what it is. It's it's pretty rough. It's uh. Yeah. What, what makes them that bad when we talk about White Castle is it just the level of grease?
3: Oh. could be uh, the quality good. of the meat or, or however they season the meat pretty pretty. What what's <laughs> great what makes makes a brand like in and out Burger uh, good is because they have um, local packing plants and so they can they you know freeze them like they would at McDonald's and you know that's how they, they get them there or wherever. But they're you know, so close that they're fresher, as opposed to, you know, sending them across the country.
0: Well, okay. All right. So, gosh, you've got you you've now piqued my interest here with uh, cheesesteak. So, here in the Midwest, no. we, we have... Um, Nothing? No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we have, we, the, thank I you. Know. So, there we go. I was waiting for it.
1: They have methamphetamine and incest. <laughs> oh, my Jesus Christ, <laughs> isn't Ohio next to Kentucky?
0: Yes, we are next to Kentucky, we Ohio's aren't Kentucky.
2: Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: oh, cheese! All right, oh, let me just get to my cheesesteak question. The cheese, steaks, yeah. so let me ask you the cheese We with yeah. cheese steak. We, the way they make them at like um restaurants, is not it's supposed to be cheese whiz, correct. That's the way it's supposed to be made with, I guess, thinly sliced meat, onions, and cheese whiz, not a provolone or a Swiss or anything like that. So if I'm in Philly and I want to get an authentic cheesesteak and I don't want to shit myself, so the two <laughs> guys that are across the street from each other, right? Is So one is um, – help me out here. Um, uh,
2: Pat's and Gina's.
0: Pats and Geno's, and the, is there yeah. another one as well?
2: Uh, Tony so, Luke's is the other one. Several.
0: Tony Luke's, okay. So, yeah, there's a bunch here.
2: There is a bunch, though.
0: So are they considered? Uh, so it's Cheese Whiz. That's the original. That's the gimmick right there, right?
2: Really? It, uh, there, there's, there's actually. The yeah, the, you can actually. There's there's, there's a Philly saying called wit or without. No. You know, with cheese or without cheese. I'm like. You you can get you can get the whiz, too, on top. That's an option. But it's usually just American cheese. You know, nine but times American out of ten. American
0: cheese. Okay. What's it's American, American cheese? cheese. Sorry about what? that. What? You don't get it unless white you got cheese. a green card. Not,
3: not white sure. Yeah, white You mean mozzarella? Yeah, not cheese. Exactly. Wh- Wisconsin cheese.
1: White cheese is mozzarella. No,
0: no, it's not. It's white American. White
2: cheese is a lot. I have one now, in my fridge.
1: Now, do you think I can go to the supermarket and say, hey, can I get a brick of American cheese? No, yes. head. Yes, head. you The is 45 minutes so you away. You have
3: a slicer in your creamer yeah. and you have a slicer. Well,
2: you got you to go through like dog sled to get, you know, uh, where you're at, right?
1: I have an all-wheel drive
2: vehicle I'm taking my dinner rod now. And this is why I like Jim way more than <laughs> I yeah, I see your caption below. I saw the right. one last week, too. You're
1: yeah, damn right. You've you got to get a we we'll I come up
0: Mush, with Mush, you time. bastard.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: So, hold on, Jim. Or not Jim, but uh, but uh, Butster. Okay, question. You're telling me you cannot go to your local grocery store. What is your local grocery store called?
1: Oh, well, there's Loblaw's Metro, no frills food base. Hold on,
0: pause. Lob, 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 Laws, Loblaws. Okay, so yeah. you you don't have a, uh, you can't really get any type of cheese you want. I mean, is it just strictly?
1: Yeah, you can, but we can't go. Can I have American cheese?
0: I mean, Canada. That's that's about as common as it. What do you call What do you call yellow
1: cheese then? Cheddar cheese is cheddar cheese. You get mild cheese, you get medium cheddar, you get old cheddar, you get
2: extra old. (laughs) Alan's going on.
1: (laughs) I was just about to say, extra
0: old might be uh,
2: penicillin. Penicillin, penicillin, yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) It was developed in Canada, just for the record. So, in Canada, you (laughs) cannot get American cheese.
0: That's a fact. Pardon me? So, in Canada, it is impossible to get American cheese.
1: I think so. I've never seen American cheese. Do you can do you, you have, get
0: Swiss? Can you get Swiss?
1: Yes, you can get Swiss. Brie. That's from Switzerland.
0: So,
3: no I would, shit,
1: really? Is that what they call it, Swiss?
3: So when you go to the deli, do you ask for plain cheese? No, I'll or do get just like, ask for cheese.
1: I'll get like medium cheddar cheese or marble. You have marble a lot. Okay. Nick, don't put your head down because I know you're laughing at me. Marble. <laughs> you
0: marble. Yeah, it's... have never heard of marble cheese? Yeah, I've seen You've marble. Are.
1: You've never had marble cheese.
0: <sighs> oh, guys, in the United States, in our country, we don't call it marble, do we? We call what the it. What do uh... you call it? Oh, marble God. donuts, marble cake. Yeah. No, hold on. There's a cheese that it's. Oh shit! It's it's, uh, it's multi
3: It's interweaving. Yeah. Stop, open. it's just,
0: it's, come on, it's it's called um, Colby Jack.
2: Yeah, Colby Jack's right. got his yellow and, his yellow and white, no, or good. orange and white, whatever you want to call it. That's, uh, that's, what that's call it is.
0: Butster, in your foreign country, can you get Colby Jack, yes or no? Yes.
3: <laughs> By the way, there's no cheese at catering. <laughs>
1: How the hell did we go from catering to Jesus to making fun of me?
3: I was trying to get us back to catering.
0: Yeah, let's yeah. get back. To you. Thank you, Jim, for reeling us back in. Let's get back to catering. <laughs> so you said that WWE basically kind of contours menus and kind of yeah. a variety of different things. However, what has been without naming names when they said, "Hey, you know, go to catering," you really walked back, and it was is, is this it? Am I looking at this? Have you ever had one of those experiences?
2: Either one of you? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I'm like, I was actually the first, first time I was actually experienced catering was at 2019. I'm like, Holy shit. This is actually all the rumors that come true. I'm like, it's literally just, just tables of food. You know, they had your, you know, they actually, I think one, I think the one time I was there, they actually had a make your own Sunday bar over there too. On top of that. And, uh, we actually had a uh, cereal bar where they had diff- like a uh, twenty-five to thirty different boxes of types of cereal. It didn't matter what it was. I'm like everything too on top of anything dairy related was there. Fruits, you know, fruits had their own thing. Desserts had their own thing. And even AEW, I experienced AEW's uh, caring too when they were down at uh, um, Temple University in Philly and stuff, stuff like that. There, there, wasn't bad. It wasn't. It was kind of. It wasn't as much as WWE catering and like that because you know. Room constraints and stuff like that, but it it was up there. So I'll give I'll him props for that. That's the only thing I'll ever give the AEW props for. Besides the point.
1: Well, Nick just got kicked off the show. Freeland well, here we go.
2: Yeah, I, I know. I know he's a big AEW guy. So.
1: He's about to stroke out.
0: I am a big AEW guy. If you I me mean, in the last few days, I'm, I'm big. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. So. So. Um, <laughs> not darn it. Uh, let's think here. So with, with, or without naming names again, you may or may not, who would you say really, really has put it away at catering? Anybody who you're like, oh my, can definitely indulge. You know, we're not talking about their gluttonous or. They're a slob. We're just saying who really can pack it away when it comes to catering. Um, We've heard stories about Big Show. I mean, I think that goes without saying. Um, But anybody else that you would say, holy crap, you would never assume that that person can eat that much food. Because when you look at the Nathan's hot dog, a lot of those people are slender, maybe 150 pounds, 160 pounds, but they can put away a lot of food. We're going to start with Jim. Jim, who could put away – a lot of food, whether it's catering or whether you guys are going out on the road, who just holy shit, how much did they just eat?
3: Besides myself? You're terrible. Um, <laughs> you know who probably does is is the the extras that are there and going, hmm, I can get a free meal and, and you know, maybe I can get two free meals out of this if my pockets will hold a couple extra chicken breasts. <laughs> Cause they're not coming back for another six months.
0: So the, do extras get paid too, right? Even if they're not used for their time. Okay. So that's not a bad, that's not a bad night. Unless you're, you know, your heart was set on, uh, wrestling, but I mean, Wearing you get security free... shirt. Yeah, I do it. Hey, listen, Hey, listen, if any, if, if anybody ever says Freeland, you're going to be in an area, um, we're doing a show. I will throw a security shirt on. I will take <laughs> any move. <laughs> That anyone wants me to take i would be okay. more than gracious that
2: uh, i actually had a balance uh corbin on my shoulder uh when i was doing my extra work that was actually the first time he actually did the uh you know did the uh um what do you call it thing that there's six guys or there's six of us actually had we had to carry him to the ring when he was doing his uh, king corbin gimmick
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah we actually yeah, we actually did that um, you know, luckily I was in the middle, so the weight wasn't on me too much, thank God. Uh, so, yeah, it was, we had about five takes of rehearsals, you know, just to make sure that we did not drop him, you know, one bit, thank God. <laughs> we, we were good with it, thank God, and he was, he didn't even know anything about it until we got to the building on there, too, because he, he was just launching it, launching the, uh, the character on there, and they're, they he was actually, I think he was aligned with uh, Donald Ziegler at the time, I and mean, he was actually a feud with, uh, with uh, Raymond on there. Uh, so it was like November 2019 on there, so. Yeah, he didn't even know anything about it until he got these, like, I'm doing what now? <laughs> but, but, but Corbin was, you know, a no, great guy, the I mean, way he was bullshit with us and stuff like that with all the extras, because usually there's sometimes, you know, you hear the story of, you know, extras, you know, you hear, like, horror stories like oh, this guy's a dick, or, you know, this person's a bitch, or this something like, John Corbin was probably the probably one of the best ones I ever dealt with. And stuff like that.
0: Would you still have volunteered when Mabel was going through his King gimmick?
2: Would you have said, uh, uh, yeah, I'm uh, in? I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> it's it's more it was more, they actually had to go to uh Lowe's hardware store and uh get uh uh what the hell is it? Like foam rubber to put underneath uh uh the Metal beams that were underneath that were on our shoulders the whole time because there was nothing, everybody was getting uncomfortable. They didn't, they didn't play that part through, so they had to, they had to get like foam rubber and stuff like that and put underneath the uh metal, Is the it, metal
3: get piping wrap,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of it exactly what I am looking for. Wow, so they did that, did, did that for us, I got so everything was good to go. Interesting.
0: Um. You had mentioned before, you know, rehearsing and whatnot. And and we know, you know, nowadays, you know, the curtains have been been lifted. The veil's been lifted. We know that a lot of that stuff does happen now. Did any of that stuff happen in the original NCW?
3: No, I It's a rehearsal. Think think rehearsal so. what?
1: Getting,
0: I,
3: I, getting I didn't a, think, a, a, think so. <laughs> I didn't I didn't rehearse. Rehearse. I'm rehearsing smashing you in the face with this chair. Okay, go ahead. I would see both but five or six probably. times, and then I'll be and I'll be ready for tonight. Oh,
1: did you my. ever take a cane shot, Jim?
3: Oh, absolutely.
1: That must have hurt like a son of a bitch. That was
3: more than anything. It was what the gu- a guitar hurt more than anything.
1: Really? Um, Who hit you yeah, with a guitar?
3: Um, new jack. new jack.
0: Oh, that's right.
3: Um, what what hurts more is not the impact; is pulling the. The guitar off because it rips in your ears.
1: Yes. Holy
0: crap.
3: So Man, I forget, gonna... I tell you what, what episode, but I forget what it is. But um, I get back into the corner. Tommy Rich is in front of me. He's ready to hit Tommy Rich, Tommy Rich Ducks, and I get it. Blasted.
1: Now, did you know this was coming, Jim? Yeah. Or was it just a
3: surprise? You're <laughs> going to wear a <weird laughs> no. guitar? No. No, they didn't surprise you with that one.
1: <laughs> when we talk
0: about guitar shots, we hear that legendary story from Saturday Night's Main Event where allegedly Jake the Snake Roberts says that the guitar was not gimmicked. Um, Honky Talk Man and Jimmy Hart say it was about to fall apart. It was absolutely gimmicked. And then Jake <laughs> says, you know, Man, it messed up my neck. And then, you know, so the guitars obviously have to be. Tool to some degree, to where someone is not going to end up getting some type of injury or whatnot. But I mean, you can never plan for anything. But it was was New Jack somebody who would come up to you if you knew you were going to take that spot? Was he pretty cool to talk to? If you,
3: yeah, yeah, if you were setting something up with Jack, he was he was pretty good with making sure you were safe. Um, I, I've got a guitar. There was a guitar that one time didn't break. And I actually have it hanging oh. up on my wall. Um, I snuck it out of the building. <laughs> it's a blue acoustic guitar. And here we go back to my my music um, preferences. It, it, since it's a blue guitar, I got all the original members of Blue Oyster Cult to sign it for me. So it's oh, hanging wow. up on the wall. Um, but that was the reason for taking it. Just because it was, if it wasn't blue, I don't think I would have taken
0: it. Right. <laughs>
3: Because they were looking awesome. for it. Hey, we need that guitar. Where's that guitar? We want to try something. It's not in my trunk. I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Check the bathroom. It might be in the hole. Um, Good God. Let's go ahead and um, let's kind of move on to our next topic here. I want to know, and again, this doesn't have necessarily to just deal with your, your career as a professional wrestling referee, but I mean, even as you were a fan and whatnot. Want to know what were some of the worst gimmicks that you you literally were like oh for the love of shit man like you got to be kidding me? What was ones that just made you say who the hell thought that this was gonna fly?
1: The Yeti, Come which on. is an
0: abominable snowman, right? A
1: Yeti wrapped in fucking toilet, toilet paper. paper. That's a sponsored mummy. by Sherman. <laughs>
3: I don't yeah, get. But the mummy in Smoky Mountain worked. Didn't work so well in WCW. <laughs>
0: Nothing worked very well in WCW. Um, what about the dirty white boy?
3: Oh, Tony Anthony. I mean, it's a dirty like white boy, yeah, but not as... the Hopper. Teal Hopper.
0: Yeah, Teal Hopper <laughs> was, was. I will agree. The I, mean, I
3: think. I think any of those crazy <laughs> ones that they came up with at, at that time. Even um even what they did to Tracy Smothers. <laughs> oh god, Freddy Joe Floyd. <laughs> <It's> right. <laughs> and you know that Bastion Booger, um, Mantar.
0: Mantar.
3: Yeah, that was that was rough, yeah. You know, all these these horrible you know you know jokes or or concoctions of Vince. You know, we wanna have a matador. We're gonna make we're gonna to make Tony Atlas an African king. You know. Everybody knows him as Mr. you know, Mr. Sama USA Tony Samba. Atlas, you know. Samba. <laughs>
1: Samba. Well poor Justin Credible had to wear a jock on his face for a bit.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is sister. true. I'm on to- Toya. All right. Um we're gonna go ahead and this is according to the sports stream. The Sportster. How many people remember Beaver Cleavage? Oh, God bless him!
1: Part of the Headbangers. What a
2: great gimmick!
0: Right, the, att- the <laughs> Attitude Era created many great gimmicks. Um, obviously, Beaver Cleavage was one of them. He was Mosh from the Headbangers. He was repackaged to portray a character off the 1950s television show Leave It to Beaver. However, they decided to uh, have him appear with his mother, Mrs. Cleavage. Together they were beaver cleavage. Um, what about this one? Um, if we all remember Rosie, God rest his soul, he was superhero in training, which shit. obviously is <laughs> shit. <laughs>
2: That's a good shit. <laughs>
0: By the way, uh, that seems to be the theme of this week is shit. Things that are shit. Um, uh, sliders, white, uh, sliders uh, white castles. Oh, my God. i totally
1: try uh, a diarrhea. white castle when I go to Vegas next month.
2: Oh, you're going to
3: die. Do you something, <laughs> <self-favor? laughs> Try Go to In N Out Burger.
2: In N Out Burger? You're yeah. just better off. Just, 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 just eat. Just eat Tim Hortons. You're better off. Just you stick to that.
1: Hortons in Las Vegas? I'm going oh, to Oh, Wait,
0: Tim Horton didn't have an Outburger in Las right? Vegas either. Yeah, there's an Outburger. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah,
3: they're all over the West Coast there.
0: Uh, what about Paul Burchell's anybody remember good old Paul Burchell? Oh, the pirate, uh, he the pirate, the pirate gimmick. He played Johnny Depp's pirate gimmick back in 2006.
1: That's not terrible. I don't mind that one.
0: Okay, here's one that I never understood. Who the hell was Mordecai?
2: It was that like Kevin Thorne He turned yeah. into yeah. a
0: Kevin Thorne the gimmick Mordecai. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. He was white, white Undertaker. Yeah, basically. Yeah. He was the <laughs> gimmick. Thorne, what it the was a
0: zealot, yeah. zealot, character um, who condemned fans for their sins.
3: How about Beetlejuice? When Beetlejuice wasn't,
0: wasn't he the midget off of the Howard Stern show? you Can't say <laughs> midget. <really. laughs> wow,
3: you said you said the M what? word. Uh,
0: Little person. Wait a minute, <laughs> Ethan. Now I'm way out of the loop here. You said Beetlejuice. You said there was a
3: Beetlejuice. Hold on. Hold on. I, I got one, the WCW, right, Jim? Yeah, WCW. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't remember that.
1: Neither do I.
3: It was Beetlejuice? Right, probably, no. probably right when Turner took over the company, I think. And they start coming I mean, up with characters like that.
2: And Oz uh, and stuff like that.
3: You
0: know? Right. <laughs> uh, good old Lord Stephen Regal had to portray the real man's man back in WWE, uh, where he was a construction some worker. Shit. That was and some then good we can, stuff. We, can, we can't forget <laughs> this would never work nowadays, but Eugene. I mean, oh, I thought oh, the Eugene oh, character, Eugene and Dave Sullivan.
1: Yvonne. yeah. I was trying to think <laughs> of what his name was. Yvonne, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, Somebody that's would it.
1: lose their
0: mind.
2: Isn't this what the Me Too movement was about?
0: Oh, my God. I cannot believe we well, had special needs wrestlers. I, 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 I was surprised. No, it was terrible. There no, was, no, literally, this is what it is. Oh, I know what Eugene was. was,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, Eugene was terrible.
3: Yeah, was I, I don't know character. if Evad was, but... There was a character, if... I don't know if you remember, the Nick might remember, because it was an East Coast thing, the, the NWF, which is where DC Drake and Larry Winters came out of. And, oh, God. But Paul Lee oh. was writing for them for a while, and they came up with the wrestling school dropout where he would take, like, a slam, and that was it. He was done. <laughs> That's like many people nowadays. I mean, wow. I-, I thought, because it, was, it wasn't it was politically incorrect at the time, but I thought a great character would have been a Rain Man type of character, where he came out with the notebook <laughs> and said, Oh, body slam.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Wow. Oh yeah, this might be the last week. Uh, <laughs> get the plugs
0: in, kids. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um let's talk about another character that probably wouldn't get over anymore these days. Who remembers Kerwin White? Oh
2: god. I can't even I area. can't even I can't even repeat his saying. Like it cancels us from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, do
0: Chavo Guerrero Ah. was struggling to find his feet in WWE. He was given one of the most offensive character gimmicks in WWE history. Guerrero denounced his Hispanic heritage and became a stereotypical white conservative Anglo-American named Kerwin White, adopting the phrase, if it ain't white, it ain't right. The gimmick was pretty ridiculous. Guerrero dyed his hair blonde and he came to the ring in a golf cart. He would even make incest in... Oh, insensitive! Sorry, <laughs> uh, remarks about minor not incest. I'm sorry. <laughs> insensitive <laughs> comments about. He came <laughs> out next week, Sheldon Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler, and others. I li- li- literally, how do you? I don't understand. Dol- Dolph- yeah, Dolph was caddy,
2: actually before that out.
0: How do you? How you how- don't? I, I guess my big question. <laughs> even said before if <laughs> if this is paying your money in in your bills and all that. But I can't see somebody who's had a lineage with his family in wrestling going for something this just stupid.
3: But money's if, money. If, if your if your family is your, your your family's business has been you know three generate four generations, they know that well. You got to do what you got to do to make to make the money. I guess. I think for I me mean, that would have been a bit much. Here, here's an example. It's kind of well, a little bit different, but an example is uh, Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov yes. wasn't Russian. Correct. He was Yugoslavian. And the Russians invaded Yugoslavia and, and turned it communist at the time. And he did not like Russians. They wanted him to be a Russian. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. And Fred Glass, he said, what's a better way to get back at them than proving capitalism by making money as in capitalism than it is over the communist way. And he said, okay, I'll do it. You know, look at all the guys who you know, look at Fritz von Erich. Fritz von Erich wasn't German, no, but he knew that, you know, us still hated Germans after post-World War II and knew he could make a ton of money getting crap thrown out of in the ring, you know,
1: but stuff like that wouldn't fly these days. No. Oh, God, no. You, you couldn't do the, um,
3: the... The Iron Sheik wouldn't make it now. Oh, my no.
1: God, no. Especially if they let him speak. <laughs> Put that <them laughs> chemical the chemical. Well, Muhammad Make yeah. you humble.
3: Yeah, look at, look at him, uh, poor guy. Yeah. I break your back. I fuck you in the ass. I humble you. Like, whoa.
0: and I remember he was on Howard Stern, and Howard said... Duh. listen, and this is my Howard. You can't say that about a guy. You you can't say you want to have sex with the guy. No, no, Mr. Howard. You don't understand. I don't mean to have sex with him. I mean break his back. Huck him in the ass and humble him. And, and he just said you just said the same thing again. But again, that is but, that is
3: Yeah, I'll come I'll come to Shiki's defense here because he was not in his right mind at that time. No. Um, I, I he was that. he was going through a lot. Got hooked on the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. He was very, very depressed. If you, if you ever saw any of the the uh, documentaries of what he was going through at that time. Right. Um
1: it was after his daughter. Right, right. After his daughter. Yeah.
3: Right. So he was not in the right place. And he was taken advantage of by a certain promoter who he can go get what you just said.
1: After the show, I want you to tell me who, who this promoter is.
3: I think we all pretty much figured it out. No, it's not him. It's not that guy. Oh, maybe not. Bill Watts? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, no. This le- is a, a, a different type of promoter, but not not a wrestling promoter.
0: Let Let me ask you this question, Mr. ECW. or, or And this can go for Nick as well. First one to answer this. Um, you don't win anything, but whatever. Um, who is Xanax
3: Claus?
2: Oh, Xanax Claus? That <laughs> <laughs> was Paul Mahoney.
3: Yeah, it wasn't
2: Xanax oh, right. claws. Xanax
0: claws. It was Xanax. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought
2: it was Xanax. Okay. No, oh okay. Xanax. Maybe that's they funny. were addicted to. It. That's a different story, yeah. but <laughs> maybe that's what they were doing. Yeah.
3: Not, <laughs> not many wrestling fans. Was it was an evil, evil Santa?
0: It was an evil Santa. Okay, South right. Pole. Yeah, South Pole. Who was he hired
2: by? Tobiasi. Awesome. Very good. Uh, that's my, my childhood right there. Very good. Yeah, 90, 96 was this? Somewhere around there, maybe? Uh, somewhere? Probably. I guess 95? 95, 96? Somewhere around looked, there?
0: Like, mm-hmm. He looked like he was in really good shape, too, at that time.
2: Yeah, almost only actually.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he was he was in decent shape when he was in Smoky Mountain, too. Even yeah. when he first started with ECW. That's right.
0: He was a
2: job guy okay. at first, wasn't yeah. he? Uh, sort of. Kind of, sort of, I think.
3: Kind
2: of, yeah.
0: yeah. So let me ask you this, since we're on the topic of Balls Mahoney here. We're going to pause here. So when we talk about Balls um, Mahoney, um, he had that infamous issue that turned into a, that turned into like, not a you shoot, but it was like, they met up in this room and they had two steel chairs and they were going after each other back and forth. Do you remember that, Jim? In ECW? They were shooting daggers at each other and, and whatnot. I think it ended up be being put on a DVD. No, Balls and who? It, it was, was Balls and New Jack. Let me see if I can no, pull I, something. I more. don't
3: remember that. Okay, I, don't think, I don't think Balls and New Jack really um, had any kind of feud. Um, Let's see here. They teamed let's up see. more often than not, I would think.
1: That would strike me as a very violent feud if it did happen. I would
0: not not want to. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pull up a clip here. This is this is New Jack, and I assume this is this is building up to a fight, uh, a match. So this is Balls Mahoney and New Jack. So let me play this clip. Hold on, one second.
1: Uh, no, 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 no! I he's not paying for premium. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: obviously. Look at the layout of the show. Wow! Oh, wow! Geez. Hey, I've wow. been doing this
1: show for years, Jim. This been down,
0: for a long time.
2: Uh, well, just, yeah. This episode never seen the light of day. It's going to be de- quickly deleted.
1: Yeah, fun. <laughs> well, I can <laughs> skip this. Uh, we're, we can skip the whole New Jack part. I can, yeah. So, talking about back in the in the nineties, to gimmicks. One of my favorite wrestlers as a kid was Duke the Dumpster. I don't know why. Oh. Oh, but I like that gimmick. I was a kid. So I didn't know any better, but I don't know. He's a garbage man. And he's racking the hell with a garbage can. I'm okay it. That's
0: man. where his career went into. <laughs> <laughs>
2: went into much. his gimmick.
0: Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. All right, so here is New Jack cutting a promo on uh Balls Mahoney. Let's take a look.
2: Looks like a porno movie.
1: The next to go at Armory, New Jack, and Balls Mahoney. <laughs> Do you realize the history that we got? Do you realize... What we did to each other for years and years and years. Going up and down the highway. Abusing every kind of narcotic. Running rats from one end of the state to the other.
3: Here we go. Drunk. We did it all. And now you go and violate something that belongs to me. Both
1: words won't describe what's getting ready to happen to you. Your ass will be left toothless.
2: I don't care about your belt. Here's a pawn ticket. I pawned your belt i'm not fighting you for your belt i'm fighting you
1: for the satisfaction of watching you and watching your heart beat
2: for the last time this ain't gonna be a match it's gonna be a murder and i swear to god i'm gonna try to fucking kill you
0: okay there's a very intense new jack promo um first of all i got a couple questions here who are the random two people in the background and 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 why is no one being quiet when a promo is being taped is this is this obviously an independent company
3: yeah i I would say it might be a certain independent company out of california okay yeah i don't i i didn't I, think it was, about it. I, I couldn't see the one uh woman that was completely behind jack but the uh the other one that you could see uh, it looked like a uh, very very young marty Bell
0: oh didn't think about that
3: um but i, I don't I, I don't know what promotion that was that was definitely not ecw um, uh, because first of all the even though you know we have our reputation of you know what we we did in the past some of those words he used were not used uh, and were not aired correct um yeah. on ecw
0: which will not air on our show either it's just i found it interesting that that he was going to cut a promo on balls. So,
1: if you censor everything we say, Freeland, it's going to be an hour and forty-six minutes of dead air.
3: It's a test pattern. Only, only until we started talking about sliders.
1: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <That's laughs> no. ratings are going to be fantastic on this one. We'll get bring four up, downloads. The four of us.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I did get a phone call uh, or a message about joining a network. I'll, I'll share that with you guys uh, a little bit later on. Um, that we may be having a new home, so that may be something we're going to talk about. Oh, be we'll be kicked
2: off quick.
1: Yeah, that won't last long. Mind it. Mind <laughs> <a few> people. <laughs> if people, if we're getting paid, make sure the money. I'm not getting
2: brought back. <laughs> oh, Jeez, that's why I don't have a
3: TV contract. <laughs> future, future endeavored.
1: Yeah. Gary, Week two, <sighs> future endeavored. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> again, there it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's shit reference. Sponsored oh. shit. My God. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was there any wrestler that ever wore a diaper? Again, I'm not trying to... I'm, I'm just thinking, was there ever a wrestler that wore a diaper?
3: There were matches where the stipulation was that if you lost,
2: you were diapered.
3: Okay. Um, wait a minute.
2: Justin Rhodes wore something way back when he was doing the artist formerly known as Gold Dust back in like '98.
3: Yeah. yeah. It was like, but I'm, but I'm also thinking Smoky Mountain. Yeah. Chris Candido lost the match and had to wrestle in a diaper.
2: Oh yeah, they were like a a bonnet and stuff like that. I, yeah. I believe. Well, that it was actually was the it was in his dark uh, dark side of the ring deal mm. on there. I think I remember hearing about that.
3: Yeah, but I, I there was something down in Smokey where you know if you lost the match you got you got diapered, powdered, diapered, and a bottle and a bonnet.
2: That, if that, a was, if, movie. If that
3: was if you lost. <laughs> You're right.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so let me see if I can find it. Chris Candido, yeah, but I
3: think Candido may have lost the match to someone because you know he was being they were calling him a crybaby or whatever. You know, I'm not a crybaby. I'm not a baby. And uh, he had a match against someone. I'm going to venture to guess it was probably someone like, like Tracy Smothers. Right. Where if they lost, they had to for had to wrestle in a in a diaper for a month, so that way they get hit every town in the circuit wearing wearing a diaper.
0: Um, what I do want to do on our show in upcoming segments is I want to highlight a wrestler and and maybe go into some maybe some fun stories you guys may have about these different wrestlers and, and I just wasn't kinda, there
3: I had nothing to do with it
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I've heard that during an interview oh my god um so l- let me bring up one this last thing and I know we've run long tonight so I appreciate all of you guys I really do um any other final comments questions concerns uh maybe concerns isn't the right word that you would like to share with our audience um any final thoughts anything that's on the top of your mind or uh, obviously the bottom of our mind this is where we've kind of lived so far this week so we're first going to go to the legend himself jim molyneux jim the floor is yours what's on jim's mind
3: uh i left wwe in 2006 i know nothing about what anybody else is talking about In the news
1: today <laughs> Oh Jesus there right. we go Oh my god I cannot Wow Wow! Yeah this is the fucking end He looks <laughs> dead in the camera We're done he gives, a,
0: he gives a better press conference though Oh my god Let oh, me go ahead and uh, <laughs> Let me throw it off to, to, to Nick here Nick what's on your mind
2: I have I I have absolutely nothing on here. I'm like, please don't cancel me for anything tonight. That we that we uh, that was said. Oh my goodness! This is going to be a giant edit. Oh, going to no. just just, just, put, just put a bunch of test patterns up here for an hour and fifty minutes. Oh, you know God, that, no. that might get better ratings than what we provided tonight.
3: Oh, <laughs> get get that God. clip from the Kid Rock uh, song "Cowboy" where it says "Radio Edit." Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's is, this is all it's going to be tonight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's, let's throw it out to the man in a foreign country um, uh, who doesn't know what cheese is, Butster and he spelled "ven"
2: wrong too. On top of that, good, good job. I just, up. Oh. I to saw that it's T H A N, not E N. Oh, maybe up in that, maybe up in that country it is. I don't know. Nick,
1: go get a so you can eat my ass. How about oh, that? Oh,
2: my God. Oh, I'm, just, I'm the ratings.
1: Yeah, there you go. Oh, Another reason we ass again. After. Ass.
2: You <laughs> ass in won't sliders. Won't oh, my God. Are, are we sponsored by Brazers at least? Queezus.
0: Oh, <laughs> you're, you're going to love the sound effects going on this one.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, nothing new. Nothing, uh, I have nothing to say about what uh, Jim was bringing up. and uh, And I don't like Nick. So let's just move on.
2: Wow, okay. I guess that's- I just, I sound like, you sound like my wife just now.
1: <laughs> wow. It's not just your wife, it's all wives. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's, not, yeah no, that's about right. <laughs> Somebody's not getting a Hickory Farm basket of American cheese.
1: I, I'm just we glad should. my wife let me What's out that? in her bedroom.
2: Get a bunch of summer sausage for them instead.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you love summer sausage, man.
2: There oh, we sponsored by Ingrid Farms.
1: You, you gotta end this for
0: sponsorship.
2: <laughs> well. You know,
0: I thought that yeah. I, I the, the show I hope Gabe's not watching this. I'm never going to get extra work again. And then we went into, who likes summer sausage? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the like innuendos w- and the euphemisms <laughs> just don't stop.
2: Are we, are we going to be going up against Reffin and Up with Hector and Cordera's with us? Jesus Christ. Uh, not now. We're, yeah. the cur-
0: we're the curtain jerkers for that referee show oh, if you're enjoying this show which at this point I'm not really quite sure if you're not offended yet please continue to follow yeah. us you can find us anywhere. Fine podcasts, fine pod. Yeah, right. Where podcasts uh, are made available again, that's going to be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, in all points in between. Give us a five star rating.
1: I, I'm, no, I'm not. Gonna say <laughs> if you're enjoying that. I'm not your gonna show, gonna say that. this show, you this need is to talk bullshit to Dr. pandering. Phil. you need your head checked.
0: <laughs> if you would like to continue listening, tell a friend. Uh, tell a neighbor. Tell your mom uh, she should listen to the show. Um, we are dropping each and every single week. You can go ahead and subscribe. Hit the like button. We also load our video shows up to YouTube as well. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that. Uh, so far, we got twenty twenty two subscribers. Woo! We're looking. To get, we're looking to get that silver plaque from YouTube. So we're gonna keep working, man. Uh, the goal, I would say, by June first is to get 24 subscribers. So if we can hit that mark, I think that would be a am subscribed,
1: So maybe we'll get to 23 tonight. The,
0: the Buster didn't even subscribe to the damn channel, so I'm on the phone with him. He goes, oh, I tell you what, here. I was like, you're so kind and thoughtful. Um, give me your social details, uh, Jim, where people can get a hold of you if they would like to get a hold of you. Go down to where he is right pointing, there. and that is at Jim Molino. That's J-I-M-M-O-L-I-N-E-A-U-X. You can find him on Twitter. Go ahead and drop him a DM. He's available for any conventions, wrestling-related, autograph signings, pop culture, all that kind of stuff. We would love to go ahead and share some ECW memory stories with you as well. Um, if you have anything from the ECW arena that you've kept uh, locked up, Jim would love to go ahead and sign that as the well. The toilets that are missing. The toilet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you own um, said missing toilet, uh, i like to have a picture taken with it. So I
3: dare somebody to show up at WrestleMania at a WrestleMania convention. <laughs>
0: really Anyone listening, find I'll someone. Buy toilet and show up <laughs> who has been to the ECW arena and has. Uh... So where was the? Okay, so where was the place where there was just the hole,
3: the men's room? That, was, that was Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe.
0: Jim Thorpe, okay. So it was just a hole. It was just
3: no, basically no, the no. It was the arena. Uh, oh, the hole in the pants. Oh,
0: yeah, never mind. Never mind. the yellow part, yeah. The hole in
2: okay. the
3: floor
0: yeah. was Jim Thorpe. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: So if you ever got a chance to go to Jim Thorpe and you got to watch a wrestling event and you pooped like you were in Bangladesh, let us know. We'd love to know. Uh, hit me up on social media. Yes, after you've had some sliders. Yep. <laughs> yep. Two wrestling, one cup. That's all we'll say. All right. Uh, if you would like to follow uh, Nick Papa G, you can follow him on Twitter, which is now known as X, at Ref Nick Papa G. Um, also, if you would like to book him, you can also get a hold of him as well. I believe both gentlemen are available and excited. Uh, to be booked for WrestleMania weekend. Um, I know that you guys are open and available, so please go ahead and hit them up. Awesome guys, super professional, um, great additions to the organization. I know we were silly tonight. These guys really are really good and have a lot of insight into the wrestling industry, so it's definitely be a plus for you.
3: Let me just throw something real quick and yes. a serious note here. If, if you're a vendor or whatever... For uh, and you're doing something for WrestleMania, and you're looking for uh, a couple people, ECW people, because it is in Philadelphia. Uh, myself, John Finnegan, and Mike Keener, also uh, three the three ECW referees the last couple of years of the company. Uh, we're looking to do something together, and especially John and I, because uh, we were there the whole entire run of ECW, so we'd love to do something together, uh, signing or whatever. So if if you're a vendor looking for someone to sit at your table um give us you know give me a, a message or email me or whatever all the information's there on on twitter or x
0: i like it i like it a lot um final comments question concerns no yes anything else that we can say before we thankfully put tie on this thing
2: I think we've said enough tonight.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed we have. All right, guys, that's going to do it for Jim Molyneux, for Ref Nick Papa G, for my good friend, longtime personal friend, and the only foreign country person that I know. His name is Christopher Butt. Also, follow him over on Facebook as well. He's at CB79 Wooden Toymaker. If you have the desire to have the old school toys, remember the ones we had as a kid, the ones that would last forever, that wouldn't break like toys do now. Go ahead and, and, and hit him up. You can hit him on Twitter, which is now known as X. Once again, cb 79 Toy Maker on Facebook, or you can hit him at gotnoof2291. Correct, Butster?
1: Perfect. That's it, Mike. Thank you, Butster.
0: I like it. And you also if you want to get t-shirts. You know, it's funny to have spoofs on all different types of generations and wrestlers. Remember Hulkamania? Do you remember Stone Cold Steve Austin? Do you love all these guys? Well, if you'd like to have a spoof referee shirt, well, then your man is Jim Molino. Head over to Pro Wrestling Tees, and you can go ahead, head to his shop, and you can get his comedy spoof T-shirt.
3: Good job, feeling T-, 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 T Public.
1: Shit,
0: <laughs> T Public.
1: This is a curve, Rick. Oh,
0: God, I was doing so good on my promos. I was doing so good on these. All right, T Public kids, <laughs> just go to Jim's. Uh, Profile and click the Just link. Just Google it. Just Google it, please. Just That's, say goodnight, yeah. Mike. Just say all night. right. <laughs> good night, Mike. Guys, we'll talk to you next time on Front Row Referee. <laughs> Take
2: good care, you guys. guys. Bye. Goodbye.